0: Well, hello there and welcome to a very special Pylon Ultra podcast here today. I am James Stewart. You will know me from our sprint shows and our other chats with Paul. And this is going to be a chat with Paul, but it's a different one. Paul, as you may or may not be aware, is currently making his way across New Zealand um, as part of an epic endeavour. I'm going to talk to you a bit about that in a minute. And what we've done is, is I've sent Paul a series of questions that he's going to answer for us. And as you listen, you'll hear Paul. Foots on the ground. You'll hear foot strikes, cars going by, birds, and maybe the occasional kiwi. Because he isn't. New Zealand after all. But in all seriousness, this um, podcast here is to give you, the listener and the Pylon Ultra fans, a chance just to catch up with what Paul's about here. We're going to be speaking to him on day 10, which means that you're getting him about a fifth of the way into the challenge. So before I go into that conversation, let me just tell you what, what you're going to hear or what this is all about. Paul is running across New Zealand and from his blog, this is what he says. I plan to run across New Zealand as fast as I can. Te Aurora is the world's most diverse and challenging trails. He'll cover over 3000 kilometers across New Zealand's mighty tectonic plates the Rim of Fire. The journey is vast, scary and like no other as Paul crosses both islands with minimal support, it's going to be an epic 50-day endeavour. And he wants to share it with you. And we're going to share more of it with you today by sharing some of the um, some of the chat from the trail. Um, now, this isn't a two-way conversation because the time differences make both that difficult. We would be eating into Paul's running time. So what we've decided to do, and you'll have to just forgive us a bit for the quality here, but also thank us for the authenticity as a result. What we've decided to do is, is I've sent Paul's series of... Um, questions that I've made up you'll have the opportunity to give me some forum for the next few pods and he's answered them back in a series of voice notes I'm going to play you those responses so you can get the full feel for how Paul's getting on he's recorded them from the trails and the paths that he's on and as I said you'll hear background noise you'll hear about what's happening around him so let me tell you a bit about why Paul's doing this and again I'm going to read this from his blog because this is probably the most important part so this is Paul, why am I doing this, from pylonultra.com. Like most, 2023 has brought unexpected challenges into my life. A health scare, a relocation to New Zealand, and training challenges have left me in search of a purpose and adventure as I explore the boundaries of my endu- endurance. After losing my dad, my life was turned upside down. Running was the only thing that gave me a reason to get up in the morning, but it also became a stick to beat myself with. As a pro athlete, coach and business owner, I've never felt I could open up at my struggles or get the support I desperately needed, so I suffer in silence and it remains something I deal with daily. Whilst this will be a difficult physical challenge, I want to use this journey to highlight the silent mental suffering that many of us face and continue to help break down the stigma of mental ill health. A run of this scale feels like the only way I can be truly vulnerable. Learn more about myself and offer hope to others. Maybe this event can help me make sense of my darker days and inspire you to tackle your own. That's an important why. Go back and listen if you want to hear that again or visit Paul's website at pylonultra.com and click on the Te Aura link to find out more. Without further ado, let's jump into the questions I have asked Paul. Now I asked Paul seven or eight questions. He's sent those um, responses back to me. So let's start with the first question here. And we'll start with an easy one how are you doing out there on the trails james it is day
1: 10 i think you kind of lose track of days but i'm doing okay uh, we had a few tough days the first day quite often way the first few days can be the toughest well basically you end up uh, after the first maybe 5k you are on 90 mile beach and like, my training's not been normal standard this year at all, just for a whole host of reasons. So, uh, yeah, I actually felt it quite a bit in the first 30k. I was supposed to meet Alice at 30k. We thought we she'd be able to get onto the beach okay. So that's what we thought, 30k. But you look on Google you can see roads down, but they're all private roads and no access at all. So she phoned me maybe 20k in. She said listen I don't think I can get in at 30k. You're gonna have to run to 50k before I can get you some water. But this time I only had one bottle with me. Quite warm, quite exposed obviously, you're on quite a wide beach. And uh yeah, I made you phone later saying, listen, I can't get in at 50 I just just have going to go to the end at 70 k Which is not the end of the beach, but it's where we were going to camp for the night. On like 500ml of water. Oh, it was just a nightmare. Everything felt bad. It's a total bonk and dehydration. Um, so I just didn't know what I was going to do. I just, eventually your mind and body just slows you down to walking really for large sections then trying to pick up and run again and then I think about 45 k there's a place called The Bluff you do see the odd car they just drive up and down the beach there was like maybe six or seven guys hanging about two of them sitting up in the sand dune having a smoke drinking beers so they saw me coming they kind of shouted you know, the usual kind of runner stuff. So, I, I don't know, I wasn't quite sure how friendly they were being or not, but uh, they said, are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah. Any chance I could have a drink of water or something? He said, oh, your, your wife, come round here. You. Your wife has something in the back. And Alice had managed to persuade somebody at the 70 k mark to drive up in a truck to see if they could see me. But I hadn't passed that point and then that person was getting stressed. If the tide comes in, you get stuck. So he left my stuff with these guys. There was like a bottle of water, can of juice and some food. I was delighted. I'm not sure these people really understood what was going on. They're like, "Where where are you running to? Where are you running from? I do not have water. All that, so yeah, I was very grateful to them, really. Um, and then, you go into, when you finally get off the beach on day two or whatever, you go into Northlands. So it's quite remote, it's quite rough, a lot of forest, native bush. So trails are pretty early. Like tree roots, wet, muddy, all that. So a few tough days in there, but doing okay. Maybe one day were a wee bit short on distance but still been out there for a long time and then the next section was going to be like another 35k or something which would have taken us right into the night times where you you just got to make some sensible decisions sometimes really and uh, that was the right thing to do then but you feel like I've definitely got another 10 or 15k in me but if we start going beyond that then you're right into the night and it affects your next day and
0: everything so try to pace it a little bit but so far so far so good so far so far so good as Paul just said there and you've got a uh, remarkably candid insight to how his um how his epic adventure has started off there next up ask Paul the following question that's you now past the honeymoon stage what's the most joyful thing you are leaning on
1: yeah I mean, it's nice for me to to get back into what I really love doing and just having that focus on just covering distance and moving from place to place. Uh, it's really been nice again. I'd forgotten. Well, I hadn't forgotten. I just hadn't experienced it for a while. Uh, all the runs I've done. I've been trying to cram in a little window. Um, all I've been running... Into the CBD in Auckland Quite a lot So Fairly unpleasant runs And nothing kind of joyful about any of them really So just nice to be out In the wild again And you don't see many people on these trails Except other TA hikers It's a thing Quite a lot of people tramp They call it here, which is hiking I suppose Tramping So uh, I've spoken to a few Uh, Apparently they tend to start End of October or start November And then They'll do it over about 4 months I think So it's really interesting to chat with some of them I met a couple Maybe on day 2 or day 3 they They'd maybe been out for a week or something So they were quite late starting Uh, but they're carrying huge packs and self-sufficient and they'll use some of the camp spots where there are any and I think when they're in town or something they'll maybe get a hostel or whatever but yeah, really interesting people Uh, there's kind of two categories people just doing it because they've maybe thought about it for a long time and and they might not even get to the finish they're like I've got six weeks off work and I'm just going to go and run this or hike this for six weeks, see where they get to and then you get the kind of professional dirt bags who just spend their life doing these huge trails so a lot of the PCT type guys and the uh, Appalachian Trail you just kind of do that full time that's their, that's their life and that's all they care about so a few of those, a few Americans over it's a good time of year you can't really any of those trails in winter in the US so they come over here for four months maybe in winter time and just kind of live day to day Um, yeah it's a kind of interesting subculture really so you meet a few of these people and uh, they're quite keen to talk about where they're being and what they're doing and stuff and and i don't think they connect it i'm doing it as well so Most of them I just keep on running past and wish them luck. Met a really nice girl on Christmas Day. In fact, Alice had seen her before I got to Alice. So I took her a can of cold Fanta and caught up with her maybe 10 k later and uh, gave her a little Christmas present. She was very grateful. She was really nice. Uh, Oops, went down a ditch Australian girl. And I think she was here for eight weeks or something to see where she gets to So that was nice to get a ten minute chat with someone um, Yeah. So as far as joy is going yeah, It's just keep moving until the meet up point And it's nice when Alice and Maya are there and get a drink and keep going and I've been just slowly relaxing into it I think takes a bit of time, you get a bit stressed early on and then just keep moving and I try not to look too far ahead. It's quite easy to, at the start of the day to say I want to get 70k done today and that's it. Whereas now I'm a wee bit more relaxed about it. The distances on the app are slightly off at times. It's a great app if anybody's really interested. The TRRO app and the website is brilliant it's got trail notes for every section and gps coordinates and you can track yourself on the app and everything it's really really well done Um, some of the long trails in the uk could do with doing something similar and the information is updated quite regularly so there's a whole bunch of diversions Um, either storm damage from last year or the cowrie dieback disease, trails close and it's pretty up to date uh, which is good just sadly most of the diversions add extra kilometres that don't really count to, it's kind of got a running total in the app they don't
0: really count if there's extra so we just pretend those aren't real kilometres Pretending they aren't real kilometres and, and what Paul's talked to you about, about there kind of gives you an idea of what keeps him going and what he's, he's holding on to but these opening line about I'm just back doing something he loves is really, really important. Now, <clears throat> next question we're going to ask Paul is what's been his toughest moments? And you'll notice he'll go back to some things that he's already talked about a bit. But I think it's important to reinforce what that was like, even just at the start, as you take on a 50-day endeavour like this. The outset can be as tough as the end.
1: I've probably touched on already, really. I think it was probably 30km, maybe, to day one it's just an endless beach You kind of getting roasted there's a headwind no water we couldn't really get much energy down then Stomach sore ribs are sore intercostals hips, everything just felt very unnatural maybe that might have partly been the beach I suppose it's obviously tough on your feet and tough on your legs and around your cast and Achilles just didn't feel good at all and then funny enough when I met those guys and with a couple of cans of juice and some water then I could refuel and then within half an hour you start moving well again so just that classic James that when you think you're down and out you're not really at one point I did think about Climbing into a sand dune and just letting the sand flies eat me. But, yeah, I'm back, feel okay. And now we're on day 10. We um, had some tough days in the mountains. They're not super high. Maybe went up to 750 meters, but even yesterday, that's was probably in the end, maybe 20k maximum. I think, in the forest. you still about 2,000 metres there. and You've got no big clouds at all. There's still 2,000 metres overall. So it's very up and down. Hard to get a good rhythm. But I've been enjoying it. Even in the rain. My some of the native bush is just stunning. It's how I imagine, as a child, if you had to describe a jungle when you were a kid. It's kind of like that. And these massive raindrops coming through. And... Yeah it's pretty spectacular nobody around. Um, so yeah, had a few tough moments but I've also had some really nice ones too. And you really don't see very many people about, particularly when you're in the bush. For some reason, I don't know. There seem to be many people like day hiking around these areas at all. Which surprises me.
0: But it keeps it nice and quiet for me I suppose. I don't know about you, but that sounded like a big truck passing Paul there, so um, we know he's staying safe, the trackers still moving as we record, and um, that was him just reflecting on what had been his toughest moments, but it was a nice contrast there if you were listening to some of the spectacular views, and there's a sense of isolation, but sometimes isolation brings with itself peace and calm, Um, but Paul is maybe on his own physically a lot, but he's with people a lot, so I asked him if he had any message to those who are supporting from afar, and indeed near.
1: Yeah. Obviously, doing this, you have some really tough sections every day, and then you also have some really tough days that everything that day feels hard. And like, I don't think people would believe what a difference getting a a message on a Instagram post makes, or a "Keep it going, Paul," or "I or love to see that," or anything like that. It makes such a difference. I kind of end up like you might be out there for 12 or 13 hours maybe it's quite a long time on your own so those little messages just bring you back to your reason and your purpose and your goal and just even if it's just keeping you moving for another 10 minutes it's hugely valuable and then the other thing we did as part of this project is we we kind of offered people a way to get involved officially like virtual support crew and I pulled together a bit of a package that will do some merch and we're putting out a stone with, with their name and something that's important to them on the trail and uh, with the coordinates too and maybe one day if that person's ever in New Zealand there's a little piece of them left on the trail which has been nice so that's been really good fun to do and I'm hugely grateful, always feel, James as you know, it always feels a bit funny, like asking people for stuff you know how bad I am at doing that, James it probably took me five years for me to ask you to help me out with something in the business um, so yeah it's been a good part of the journey for me because I, I felt uncomfortable about it but actually um, I think it's been a good thing and it really does give me an additional reason to get up in the morning and another reason to do another 20k when it would be easy just to go and sit in the van and say we'll just leave it there for the day, So We still have some days available if people want to pick a day. And uh, yeah, if there's anything we can do to make it more fun for anybody that's supporting, then give us a shout. We're open to ideas and having some fun with it, but... We've had maybe put out about five stones maybe. We've got a bunch in the next few days obviously coming up to the new year and then some of January. And then, like we've still got a lot to do on the North Island. But the South Island is going to be quite exciting as well. It's very different. Get into some bigger mountains as well. So hopefully people will continue to support a little bit. and It really does help. Um, yeah, so thank you to everybody. You're just sending a message or talking about it to the friends or or just replying to a comment or liking a picture you kind of want people to feel part of it but you don't want to you don't want to look as if you're saying ah oh, look at me aren't I out having a great time because this, this is not just me having a great time yeah it's what I care about and I love running but um, there's a lot of work and effort going into making this happen and a lot of sacrifices so you kind of want to bring people with you a wee bit and have people open up and maybe take on their own challenges or believe in themselves that they can go and do something might not be the same scale but believe that they can do something that's really big to them and that might be signing up for a 10k or it might be doing their first ultra or whatever it is so yeah it kind of helps to for me when they're doing these things to have a real sense of purpose and, and hopefully to be giving as much as I'm taking so yeah that's it it's
0: a bit of a ramble. A really nice message from Paul there he called that a bit of a ramble at the end but there's a couple of things one when he talked about the purpose earlier you heard the bird singing and that just kind of felt as if you were on the trail beside Paul there and not in your earbuds a bird singing in the trees next to you um but the second thing was he talked about people taking on his own challenge and how messages can lift them if you've listened to this and you've been following Paul's progress and you've decided to stretch outside your comfort zone and take on a challenge drop them a message and let them know you never know the difference that might make to him now the next question to asked paul was how special is it sharing this with maya and alice Maya's his dog and alice is his partner and what's interesting is is this journey i think will, would stretch the boundaries of any relationship except with a dog who would just love being with you anyway. But um, Alice has put a lot of self-sacrifice in, as Paul's just referencing, into doing the support. So that's why we asked the question, how special is it sharing this with the both of them?
1: Yeah, Alice and Maya are doing a grand job, James. I Well, Alice agreed that she wanted to do this when she finished her fellowship, which finished uh, December, Um, and Alice hasn't ever had any time away from work really since she finished uni and uh, did her studies after that and everything that she does there so um, it felt like a nice thing for us to do together but it's only when I'm out here I realise how challenging it is for her and it's fairly selfish of me to, to do it but I don't know it's It's a bit of balance, James, in a lot of ways. I came out to New Zealand really to support Alice. She really, really wanted to do this fellowship. It was 12 months and I didn't know a huge amount about New Zealand. Um, And if I had known more about Auckland, then it would have been an even tougher decision, I think. So I've really suffered a fair bit being in Auckland. Not because it's a bad place, it's not. It's just a big city and my big city days are well and truly behind me i've lived in the big city for years and years and then i've obviously lived outside glasgow for quite a long time as well so it's it's been part of my life but i just can't do it anymore james and auckland was challenging we moved to west auckland as i we thought we'd be nearer to trails and stuff but i think i mentioned it before well the trails were closed for a number of reasons I've got Maya and dogs are not really welcome in Auckland very, very much to be honest there's only set times you can take them on the beach and stuff like that so I, I felt like fairly suffocated overall so I think they partly agreed to do it not because it was a trade off one do this and I'll do that kind of thing but I think probably Alice could see that I probably went downhill a bit I just spent a lot of time in the house on my own and the time difference doesn't help because your friends and family are all sleeping when you're up during the day and all I did was work most of the time and do some training with Maya, and do an early morning running to the hospital and, and that was it really so and um, I think It was something for us both then, but but I do realise when I'm out here now, it's probably quite selfish, it's such a long time. But Alice seems happy enough and she wants to do it and she takes a lot of joy from seeing me do what I love to do, I think. But I do appreciate it, it's fairly thankless, she's driving from place to place and stepping off and trying to wash some clothes or dry some shoes, I'm seriously running out of clothes running clothes like with the weather so that's been a bit that's a bit of a problem um so yeah it's been special my eyes my eyes adapted really well to van life i think we can all learn an awful lot from dogs sometimes she just she just gets on with it it's like oh cool this is what we're doing now there's no 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 time spent thinking ahead or how it's going to work out or anything like that they just live in the moment so I'm kind of grateful that she's here. I was worried a bit about her, that maybe it's not fair and all that. But she just loves new places, new smells, and uh, she likes hanging about in the van. She gets to sleep in bed with us, which she doesn't get to do normally. So she's pretty happy overall, I think. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been good so far, but I've still got a long way to go
0: definitely got a long way to go and interesting just to hear some of the experience both off the trail um, prior to you know the restrictions say in Auckland about times you can be certain places and what have you um, and obviously getting Maya in bed with you would never happen with Nugget for those of you who know my dog. Let's get down to talking a wee bit about some of the practicalities and stuff that happens out on the trail. First of all I'm interested um, in how Paul's feeling. Uh, I've been eating
1: very well James. Uh, we got some good meals at night, Alice cooks in the van, I don't think we've had any any kind of takeaways or anything like that at all, but we, we generally, we, we never really have takeaways at all, we always have nicer food at home and Alice doesn't like takeaways so much because she doesn't know what's in them and she's quite careful that way so we've had some pretty decent meals, um, although I suppose Christmas meal was a bit of a cheap meal, that felt good if you'd been out running for 12 hours. We had these kind of fake vegan chickeny things um, and some oven chips that were all done in a single frying pan and then some nice salad alongside it. So that was our Christmas dinner. Uh, so yeah, that was okay. Um, and then in between as much real food as I can, we can cut a lot honestly. And then um, there's a company called Rome. Over here, I think they're Australia, New Zealand based, but they make kind of natural uh, sports nutrition products. So kind of quite often nut based. Um, so they've helped me out with some protein and um, some gels that are like nut butters, uh, which are really great. Especially in this kind of thing, so even if you're not running super hard, it just gives you a kind of longer lasting energy and it feels a bit natural. And I'm not getting all the same problems that you get if you're... You see, we're doing germs all day, every day. Yeah, I wouldn't feel good at all, but my stomach's been great. So far, I'm sure I've some bad days, but um, yeah, the, the feelings has been going well and I'm kind of grateful for them, to them for helping out, really. I've just run into this little, little town in the middle of nowhere, and they're having some kind of Mustang convention ford mustang convention bizarre the things you see james when you're running across the country
0: now i was going to leave out that last wee bit there um about i'm seeing the ford mustang convention but I, I left it in just to give you a kind of a sense of authenticity about where you were at as you listened to that particular section a couple of minutes and paul talking about his fuel fueling you could hear him moving and it sounded like he's moving quite well um and he gave some good insight generally speaking trying to eat as much real food as possible and he's lucky he has Alice there at night to cook well for him and for those who don't know Paul's a vegan so that adds an element of complexity because you can't just rock up anywhere and buy anything off a shelf you have to be can I consider it about what you're 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 grabbing um, seems to be doing well on that front i'm going to ask him a wee bit more personal question the next one was i was curious about his personal hygiene regime and how they're getting on with this and whether they're finding places to camp and bunk in order to, well, stay clean because, believe it or not, when you're doing something like a 50-day endeavour, avoiding infection, you know, managing cuts, bruises, scrapes, is going to be extremely important. Ah,
1: the personal hygiene question, James. Understandable
0: you ask that.
1: Uh, So, what we've been doing is we've been trying to find campsites, if they're there, we'll take one, if we can get in and get a space. Um, the trouble is, with quite a lot in New Zealand, if you've got a dog, you can't do a lot of stuff. So this is like the main summer holiday as well. So they're quite strict on no dogs or whatever. So we've had a handful of campsites, which have been good. If you say you're doing the TA, uh, quite a lot of them will fit you in, even if they don't have space or whatever, which has been nice. Um, so we've had a couple of good ones, a couple of shockers alice had us in some place the farm it was called it's pitched as some kind of yoga retreat but see when you have to poop in a bucket of sawdust when you've paid 50 quid for the privilege i'm like yeah so it's a combination of campsites and then freedom camping spots they have here which makes it sound kind of grand it's not they're free spots but they're usually dedicate like three parking spaces in a big car park that's not used at night and that's it and you can stay there some of them have public toilets some of them don't so um so in campsites obviously getting a warm shower is it's a it's a truly wonderful thing that people listening to this don't appreciate enough it's like your shivers there the whole time you never even appreciate it when it's there and uh, you probably want it you've got to go and get a shower Ah, see the feelings for me when I get to have a show, phenomenal. Anyway, uh, so yeah, if it's not that, it's uh, wet wipes and I kind of get used to the smell. You go nose blind eventually, James, and uh, I probably think I smell okay and I don't see too many people anyway, so I don't see their faces too much. That's about one day you probably can't hear this. So we're getting by for the moment uh, we should be in Auckland tomorrow I think which feels like a bit of a milestone considering that's kind of where we started or that's where we used to live um, so that'd be nice and I think we'll hopefully be on Sunday's driveway um tomorrow which would be Hugman I think we'll see no big plans for Hug obviously, other than sleeping Alice actually suggested to me last night, she said oh see on uh, New Year's night, which is hug in normal terms uh, do you think we could maybe wake up just before the bells and we'll go out for a wee run with Maya like, oh, like on the actual trail she's like oh that doesn't have to be, we'll just go for a run like extra miles are not, not taking me slightly further no thanks so obviously think
0: I think the most, the thing I took from that, well a couple of things, nose blind, I'm going to use that phrase a lot, especially in my um, office here at home, but the second thing was um, the opportunity he's bypassing to go a couple of miles with Alice in the trails at um, midnight. Um, a Hogmanay, um, as he would call it. Of course, Hogmanay, um, to Paul will be about midday New Year's. Day. Our Hogmanay will be about midday New Year's Day for Paul. So certainly send him some messages wishing him a Happy New Year. I'm sure, um, it'll be part way into his run on that day, and he'll be delighted to hear from you. I think that would be day thirteen or fourteen by then. Um, if you're if you have if you're listening before that. Um, final question we asked Paul is what can we do? That's us, the listeners, the support back home here in the UK and across the world do to help the journey go by faster
1: people just commenting like the littlest comments sometimes i had one the other day and i just happened to read it at the perfect time where my head was down feeling a bit low and it's just some kind words from somebody that i don't even know very well or anything but they'd maybe listen to the podcast and stuff like that so and um, that that stuff has a huge impact for me it's it's I can't stress how um, grateful I am for that kind of stuff. Um, Things like, I've got a few friends that send audio messages. I don't know, it sounds weird, but I feel like I'm having a conversation then. So like I can see them, like I can save two or three sometimes that have come in maybe before I start and I'm like, I'm gonna save that for the afternoon. And it's like five minutes of, I did this for dinner and I did that and the dog's not been well, all that kind of stuff, normal stuff. It feels really nice. And I feel like I'm having a conversation because I actually say stuff back or laugh and I know who they are and, and I feel connected. That kind of stuff's really useful. So if people want to send any of that stuff, then by all means, please do. Um, we've got some stuff on social media. We'll do a bit more on YouTube. It's been difficult with internet connection sometimes if we're not on a site. And um, we've got loads of stuff we can put out. If anybody wants anything in particular, or any types of content in particular then let me know because it's hard to to work out what people are interested in and what they're not and what they're bored with and have they seen too much but you can always opt out if you feel you've seen too much i suppose and that's not up to me to worry about but um yeah just get involved really and have some chat and conversations send me some send me an audio message or your favorite album of the year is always a good one sometimes i'll stick some headphones on in the afternoon on the the graveyard shift where i'm really struggling and amazing james you'll know this anyway but as you're pretty passionate about music but the other night in fact that was probably a low point but the other night i had a fairly chunky mountain to get over from a long section on the beach and it was getting dark and i was worried about getting off that hill before it got proper dark which i just about did but then I had like 8 or 9k in the dark to get around the coast to Alice and uh, I had a couple of songs that mean quite a lot to me and yeah, it just changes your whole mood and how you feel about everything and it's funny then because when you attach a memory like that to a song that you maybe had a past memory attached to, it becomes really powerful you can trigger lots of different feelings just from hearing a song anyway, you probably think I'm drunk now i've just been running too much uh, save that for personal conversation maybe but uh yeah thanks james thanks for asking me some questions and uh, we can do more of these if people are interested maybe do like an instagram live or something or youtube live at some point hoping we get some better weather it makes things a bit easier at night time see when you it's absolutely peeing down when you get back to the van all your clothes are wet the dog needs out but she's wet and you're trying to set up a bed and cook and everything it's been quite hard uh, so hopefully
0: summertime will get some better weather uh, but yeah thanks for listening i'll speak to you soon cheers couple of things there one pray for nice weather and um, paul has had um i mean crowded house are Kiwis after all and um, they've had four seasons in one day in many of his endeavours so far and many of the days he's on day 10 and some of the pictures have showed you some of the slopping work he's working through despite the fact it is the um, summer in New Zealand which is very much the Scotland in terms of climate so to be expected. The second thing there was um, Send them an audio message or just a a text message or even just reply on um, social media. I think knowing people are tracking you is a big fill-up. I've done a couple of FKTs my time. And having awareness of the fact that people are rooting for you makes a big difference. You are certainly not getting in the way by getting in touch. Um, So, that will bring us to the end of this first Broadcast from the Terora Trail. Now you've heard Paul out there, he's recording as he's moving, which is, is for dual purpose. One is as you are an authentic sense of how he's feeling in the moment, and you can hear from the audios as he moves from through the subject. And you, it, we might ask him a question about hygiene and he ends up talking about Hogman A, two H's, so that's okay. But it's just to give you that sense and almost as if you're there. Many of the people who follow Paul and follow Pylon are in the UK. And you would be out on the trail with them, but you can't be physically, but you can be spiritually, and I think. You hearing from Paul direct from the trail, and then Paul hearing from you would be fantastic. Let's um let's keep that connection going. Um and in the next version of this podcast, I am going to put the question out to, or I'm going to put it out to the listeners to give me some questions, and I'll field them for you on behalf of Paul. So if you have any questions you would like to ask Paul, we look to do one of these once a week as we go through the journey. Just send them to me if you have my number, just WhatsApp them, or just contact me on social media at jamesstewart13 at on Instagram at James Stewart underscore thirteen. Oh, sorry, at James underscore Stewart thirteen on Twitter. And if you're on Facebook, you can private message me there. But please, please, please don't hold back. Share your questions, share your ideas, and just share your love and help Paul get through this journey. He's on day ten. The reckoning is these three thousand kilometers in order to beat the FKT. And I'll talk more about that in the next session. Um, He has to do it in about 50 days, so that's about 60 kilometers a day and that is over quite tough terrain It's not a shoe in um, by any stretch of the imagination And it's significantly longer than Paul did when he done his end-to-end trail from Lands End to John O'Groats on the trail routes So this is by no means a small undertaking it's a massive commitment for him it's a massive commitment for alice and it's a massive commitment for maya and everyone else around them share the love share your messages and get in touch if you can and i will post up um when we are ready to accept new Questions for the next episode, but you can send them to me anytime. But as you obviously want to keep them as close to current as possible, um, and I will let you know when we're going to record that next episode. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to this special first of about six or seven Pylon Ultra podcasts where we will be reporting direct from Paul's run across New Zealand, the Te Aurora Trail. Thank you so much for listening. I've been James Stewart. I'm trying to do an impression of Paul Giblin, but I can't. But hey, that's okay, that's how we normally finish, but it's just me today. Thank you. thank you so much for listening. Please spread the word, share on social media and share on your, however you want to share via smoke signal, hire an airplane to fly over your village, whatever it might be, but share the journey Paul's been on, I talked a bit about his why at the start, you can go and read that again at pylonultra.com, it is an exceptionally selfless why in some ways, but also one where Paul's on a voyage of discovery himself as well, that vulnerability is something we should all embrace, and I hope you will too, go out there, Seek your own endeavour, share your story and be the best you can be. Thank you for listening to the Piling Ultra podcast.